Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Who's happy to be alive in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. If so, wherever you are, why don't you just look up and say, praise God, wherever you may be, your living room, your bedroom, just look up and say, praise God. Here I am today, Lord. Touch me, touch me, Lord, in your own special way. Prepare yourself for a blessing today. Prepare to hear from the word of God, those things that mean most to you, because our Lord God, Jehovah, is an awesome God. He's a mighty God, and he wishes to touch you in his own special way. Amen. So before we get into the message, why don't we spend a little time here in simply praising and worshiping God, and let's just sing praises to his mighty name. Forget about who's around you, in front of you, next to you, or if you're by yourself, know that Lord, Holy Spirit, and Jesus is there with you in your room, and let's just praise him for a season of time here. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Would you all just stand to your feet if you're physically able, if you would stand to your feet right now. Would you just raise your hands one more time toward heaven. And listen now, let's just begin to worship Him all over this building in the overflow. Yes, Jesus. We're going to pray for every one of you that desire prayer tonight. Same anointing in here is flowing into that room right now. Yes, Lord. Let's just begin to worship Him now. Just for a few moments, let's entertain His Glory presence. to God. Let's worship Him right now. Just give Him glory. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Tell Him in your own way how much you love Him. Tell Him in your own way what He means to you. We worship You, Jesus. We worship You, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Precious Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I sing praises to your name. Sing it with me.
Praise God, praise God, praise God. We sing praises to your name, O Lord my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we come before you this day with thanksgiving in our hearts, O Lord God. Thank you so much for this wonderful day of life that you've given us, O Lord God. This is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, as we've gathered here like this today to worship you and to praise you, Lord, we welcome you to be here in our midst, to stay here with us, Holy Spirit. Commune with us, Lord Jesus. Walk amongst us that we may simply reach out and touch the very hem of your garment, O Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all things, both great and small, O Lord God. We thank you so much in the name of Jesus for all of those things that we take also for granted in this life, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, for every single heartbeat, every single breath that we take, O Lord God. The gift of sight, taste, touch, smell, and hearing, O Lord. We thank you for all of those things in our lives, O Lord God, that just happening on a day-by-day basis, O Lord, without us giving any thought or actions, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, as we've gathered here today to partake of your word and to hear your message today, O Lord God, we open our hearts to receive of you today, O Lord God. We pray that you will open our eyes that we may see as we read your word, O Lord God. We pray that you'll open our ears that we may hear and most importantly understand your word, O Lord God, and what it is that you are wanting to impart to us today, O Lord. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, you're an awesome God, and we just praise you. Only you are worthy of our praise. We thank you, Lord God, for, for getting us through another another week, oh, Lord God, on this earth, oh, Lord, and in this country as things continue to go the way they are. We know, Heavenly Father God, that you are in charge, oh, Lord God. We know, Heavenly Father God, that the affairs of this life, oh, Lord God, are very much within your control, oh, Lord. So, Heavenly Father, we just look to you on a day-by-day, hour-by-hour, moment-by-moment basis, O Lord God, to guide us through this life, O Lord God, to protect us from harm seen and unseen, O Lord God, to protect this country, O Lord God, from those that would try to pervert it and twist it and change it, O Lord God, protect us from those in the name of Jesus, from those who would try to come against us for worshiping you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We know, Heavenly Father God, that some of these things must come to pass, O Lord. So we pray that during this time that you will continue to have Holy Spirit fill us and anoint us and and guide our actions and our thoughts and our decisions, O Lord God, and everything that we say and do, O Lord God. Let us continue to be the victors and not the vanquished. Let us be the head, O Lord God, and not the tail, that we may live victoriously in you through our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, O Lord God. We praise you, Lord. We magnify thy most wondrous name, O Lord. As we go forward, Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and praise. I pray, O Lord God, that those that are within the sound of my voice, O Lord God, that you shall minister to them in your own special way. Because, Lord, you know the needs, you know the desires, you know what's going on in the hearts and lives of every single person that is hearing my voice this day. So I pray, O Lord, speak to them, touch them in your own special way. Oh, Lord God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, Heavenly Father. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. And these things we pray, oh, Lord God, in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, boy, so good to be here again. Uh, Another day of life in the Lord here. And as we move forward to hear his word. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you just hit the pause button on this podcast and go and grab your Bible and, and then come on back and resume playing, all right? And uh, it's most effective in hearing these messages if you have the Word of God so that you can see and read the Word of God for yourself. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Well, today we're going to talk about life stories. Talk about life stories. We all have a life story. Amen? We all have a life story. If you were to um, to write down, let's say, the moments that have shaped your life story so far, what would it look like or how would it read if you were to jot down those things in your life that actually shaped you, you know? I always say that we are indeed the sum total of our past experiences. Some things good and some things even not so good all come together to form us, to bring us to where we are today with our thinking and our thought processes and how we live and how we have faith in God and trust, okay? But what are, what are some of those things that really shaped your life? 
most of us would find that our lives are are oftentimes not in line with the plan and the purpose that we feel called to do, okay? We would see that we are in real danger of what can be called misliving, okay? We see that we're really in a danger many times of, of what's called misliving. We have greed out there, materialism, and all sorts of other forms of misliving are easy for us to recognize in others, okay? We're easy to spot when someone else is quote-unquote misliving, but we are often unable to see the ways that we mislive our own life stories, okay? We can spot it in others, but we're oftentimes, we, we fail to see how we may be misliving our own life stories. The things that derail us or get our lives off track seem to come out of nowhere if you notice okay they come with such um with, with such they come with, with a subtle this deceptiveness a subtle deceptiveness that we don't think that they will shape our lives in the long run when they come into our lives when these things hit we don't think they'll impact us on the, in the long run on the long term you know and i tell you saints of god despite our involvement in church no matter how much biblical knowledge we absorb about god and other biblical things uh, and despite our sincere love for God, we can't seem to figure out, we simply just can't seem to figure out the forces that are out there that shape us into who we are. Rather than offering us true freedom, the world's culture, you know, of, of hurry up and succeed, get busy, make busy and succeed at any cost, it distorts things in such a way that we are left wondering if this is the life that God has in mind for us. Okay? That's the way of the world. Hurry up. Succeed. At any cost. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much you compromise. Whatever. As long as you succeed according to the world's standards. So many times that leaves us wondering. Is this the life that God really has in mind for us? So what's your life story? Again I say to you. What's your life story? Alright? Today. May 17th. Okay, I say to you today, May 17th, Holy Spirit wants to show you how to close the gap between your current life, okay, between the close the gap between your current life and the life that God desires for you. Let Holy Spirit contrast the forces that work for disappointment, the forces that work for discouragement and drifting. You know, the forces that work, you know, you know for, for pain with the things compared to the things which that bring glory and wonder and joy. Holy Spirit wants to help you live your story as God planned. Jesus' call to you is not just about morality. It's not about being a good person. You know, so many times I have people say, oh, well, I'm a good person. I don't steal. I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, but that's not that's not what, what, it, what it's about. Okay, Jesus' call to you is not about that. It's not about simply knowing and understanding doctrine. It's not about your religious performance or your Christian outreach. It's all about living well. So again, I say to you, so what's your life story? All right. It's about learning to live his way in a challenging world. And yes, indeed, we live in a challenging world. But it's about learning to live his way. The world seduces us. To fill our lives with things that are immediately appealing to the eye or other senses and entertaining, but rarely with things that give our lives meaning. The world is so full of look at this shiny object, look at this shiny object, look here, look there. And that just simply distracts us and keeps us away from focusing on the things uh, that really give our lives meaning. You may be in a stage of life seeking to live it well, but wondering if you can course correct or make changes or wondering if there's indeed still hope wondering if there is indeed still time for you to make the changes that you know that you should make amen wherever you are in life again i repeat wherever you are in life holy spirit wants to see your life filled with truth and goodness beauty and gladness depth and meaning so that when you look back over the years, you'll realize that you have indeed learned to live in the way of Jesus and have found that his burden is light. Amen. God wants you, Holy Spirit wants you to see your life fulfilled with truth and goodness. All right? So that you realize that you have indeed learned to live in the way of Jesus and have found that Jesus' burden is really light. Amen.
So again, let's take that, uh, let's go to the Word of God. I'm sure those words sound familiar to you. Let's go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. Praise the living God. I want to go to Matthew 11. And we want to go right down to 28. Matthew 11, verse number 28. Reading some very familiar words. And it says in 28 here, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you're reading from a red letter Bible, you'll see that these words here, these scriptures are written in red, meaning that this is Jesus speaking himself. All right. And Jesus is simply saying, here, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened down with the things that are going on in your life, come unto me, all that are late, that labor and are heavy laden. And Jesus promises that he'll give you rest. Take Jesus' yoke upon you. You know, now what is a yoke? A yoke is something that, 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 um, connects you to something. You know, if you think of a, uh, a team of oxen, they have yokes on their necks, which connect them together and also connects them to pulling a wagon or whatever that load might be. But Jesus says in 29 to take his yoke upon you, upon you and learn of him. For he is meek and lowly in heart. And there, if you do that, you shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. You see, it, it, when you are yoked to the things of the world, when you're worried about the things that are going on currently in your life, you're yoked to that burden. Okay? And if, if it was something, if it is something that is troubling you, something that is worrying you, something that is bogging you down, then it is indeed a burden. Okay? Jesus is saying, however, if you come to him, all right, that, that, that you take his yoke, which is different from the yoke, the burden that you're carrying now, you'll find rest because carrying and being yoked to Jesus is much, much easier. All right. Being yoked to Jesus and knowing of him is simply, you know, how can I put it? Jesus' burden is simply to follow him and his commandments. And that can be so easy to do that, therefore, the burden is light. You know, being a Christian is not anything that is burdensome. There are many over the years I've heard say, oh, gee whiz, you know, if, if, if I become a Christian, I can't do this, I can't do that. Oh, boy, what a burden that would be to follow all those rules and everything. If you're a child of God and you have Holy Spirit guide and you believe me, it comes so easy to do because it becomes a second nature. It's a part of your life. Amen. Brushing your teeth is certainly isn't a burden. This is, this shouldn't be. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Washing your face is not a burden. It's something that you've become so used to doing that it's your second nature. This is where we need to be as Christians relative to the things of Jesus. This is where we need to be, uh, in yoking ourselves to Jesus. All right. Verse number 30 again, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. You see, you see, we were not built to carry non-Jesus burdens. We're not simply built that way. You know, people exercise and you work out and some of you guys out there, I'm sure you can bench, bench press X number of pounds or whatever. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I read, I read an article in the, uh, in one of the science magazines that said that a silverback gorilla, a silverback gorilla can actually lift over 4,000 pounds. All right. A silverback gorilla can lift over 4,000 pounds. All right. Now he's built that way. You're not. You're not built to do that kind of lifting. You're not built to carry that kind of weight. You're simply not built that way. An ox is referred to, as I said before, as a beast of burden. God built them that way. But you are not built that way. You are not built to carry burdens. Amen. So what is your life story about? Have you been carrying burdens around? Are you carrying burdens around? You're not built that way. But God is. God is built that way and can carry our burdens. God wants to carry our burdens. Most importantly, God wants to. So why do we insist on holding on to them? And what is a burden? A burden is anything that we are carrying that is robbing us from the full enjoyment of God in our lives. Right? If you're worrying about your rent, worrying about your mortgage, worrying about your kids, worrying about this coronavirus, worrying about anything that is in life, then you are carrying around a burden that you're not really built to carry because God doesn't want you worrying about things like that. Amen. Amen. Yoke yourself to Jesus and find the freedom that is in Jesus to loose yourself from that burden. Amen. You see, you see, we need to learn how to, to go deep with God by having him carry 
burdens, right? By having him carry our burdens. One of the reasons that we don't know God uh, deeply is that we don't think much on his promise to take our burdens and to carry things for us. We don't think much about that. We don't meditate on it. We don't, we don't understand nor believe the reality of the fact that God does want to take your burdens. He doesn't want you carrying them. He wants you to live freely through life, knowing that he is there to take the weight. All right. Knowing God with a sense of, of uh, authentic, personal reality is not merely a matter of head study. It's a matter of walking with him through fire and not being burned. Right? It's a matter of really getting deep with him. It, it goes beyond just intellectually knowing and intellectually being able to recite, you know, some of some of the psalms and some of the scriptures that refer to uh, God taking our burdens. It, 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 it entails us going more deeply with God and really understanding beyond just an intellectual head type knowledge of what the word of God is saying. Right? It's a matter of walking with him through fire. When, the, when the, the fiery things of your life are going on. And we all know that when you've got something that's really, really troubling you and it's a really, really, uh, oh gosh, difficult time. You've got a major challenge before you don't know your way out. You know, this is, this is being in the fire. And we have some good examples of that. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Praise the living God. God is there to go through the fire with you. See, the interesting thing is that as you're flipping to those, uh, to that, to those scriptures, um, in Daniel there, the interesting thing is that when we are in the midst of these fires, we don't even stop to think about that God is there with us. Unfortunately, it's almost become second nature for us, for us children of God, for us Christians, to, to when we're in the fire, we forget that God is there. We don't even think about it. Automatically, we start trying to figure out how we can get ourselves out of the fire. How we can get out of the mess that we're in. Amen. So let's see now. Daniel chapter 3. And we want to start with verse number 8. And you know this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Verse number 8. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. See, don't forget, at this point in time, they were forbidden. The, uh, um, the Jews were forbidden to worship anything but Nebuchadnezzar, but the statue that he had erected and so forth, the golden image. So again, verse number nine, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Well, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. Please underline. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Underline all of that. See, so in other words, what's happened is now these guys are, 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 are tattling on this, squealing on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they have not been bowing down the way they were decreed, the way the decree said, when they heard the music, etc., etc. So now these guys are coming before the king, and they're, and they're ratting them out, saying, These men, they have not, they do not serve thy God. Verse 13, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? So he's questioning them now. Verse 15. Now if you be ready that at, uh, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour, same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, they're saying basically, we don't care to answer you. Okay? 
Now, this is the king that they're talking to. He's threatening them. He's saying that, if, you know, you're not bowing down to my image in accordance with my decree, then, you know, you could be thrown into the uh, fiery furnace. But they're saying, and then he, you know, he asked them, are you doing this? Yes or no? And they said, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. So we're not going to answer you. We're not going to respond to your question. Verse 17. If it be so... If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So now, here they are before they've got a challenge, they've got a burden, they've got, oh my gosh, they've got a major issue going on in life. This is the king himself threatening them. How many of us, when that issue stands before us, how many of us are bold enough to refuse to, to answer to, to respond to or get into the challenge that is before us. I mean, in terms of, of, of worrying about it. They, they just simply say, we, we, we are not careful to answer you in this matter, okay? But right away they said that, that uh, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Do you know that when you are in that fire, when you are in that challenge, when you are in that thing that is troubling you, do you know that God is able to deliver you? This is going deep with God. When in spite of what is going on around you, you can still stand firm and say, say the God that we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And knowing that he will deliver us, he will deliver you out of whatever it is that you're going through right now. Whatever it is that may be on the horizon giving you such grief and heartache. He goes on to say in verse number 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So basically they're saying, that, look, we know that the God will deliver us and so forth. Okay, but it says, but even if not, we are not going to bow down to serve your God, to serve you or your gods. Amen. Now, how many of us are bold enough and believe deeply enough, going deep with God to know that he is there? Okay, and to tell the king or to tell the authorities. The way things are shaping up after this COVID-19 thing that's going on and all of these lockdown rules and so forth that they're putting into place, so many of which are, are unconstitutional. And I'm not even guessing a whole sermon into unto itself. But, but in the face of what is going on around us today, if there was to be a challenge to come upon us, when we can get back to worshiping, you know, openly in church buildings again and so forth. If there would be a challenge put to us, how many of us are strong enough and deep enough in God to simply say, I'm not going to bow down to what you're saying? Because my God is greater than you. And I know that he can deliver me from whatever it is that the authorities are trying to tell me to do. Amen? 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 Okay. See, see the thing, just as a sidetrack, you've heard me say this many times here, but... God, want, the word of God talks a lot about us following the laws of the land. That is very, very true. Okay, God wants us to honor the laws of the land. However, when the laws of the land, however, start telling you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, we are not bound by God to follow those laws and rules. We're not. The same way these young men said, said I, the God that we serve will deliver us and, and be it known that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. So until that rule or, or, or law or whatever starts telling you to go against the word of God, to turn you away from God, we're bound by the word of God to also follow the laws of the land. But when those laws start taking you away from God or having you do something that is ungodly, this is when we stand up and we say, no, no, never so. Amen. Verse number 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. In other words, make it hotter than normal. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Underline that, please. Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? 
They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the fourth, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Let's read that again. Verse 25. He answered and said, Lo, or look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. Amen. So here you see the Son of God, Jesus, was in the midst of the fire. All right. And then you see as it, as it uh, reads on, you know that they came out unscorched. They were not burned. They, they, their clothes were, were not, didn't even have their, uh, if you jump to verse 27, verse 27, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. All right? So they came out of that fire untouched. They didn't even have the smell of fire on them. Okay? Jesus was with them in the fire. Jesus is with you in whatever fire that you're going through. Whatever fire that you may encounter between now and when Jesus decides to return. The Lord knows Jesus said that Jesus said uh, that we will have tribulations. He didn't say if, he said we will. He says when you have tribulations, amen. So we can expect, therefore, that our lives on this physical earth, you know, here on terra firma, in this realm, this physical realm, we will have challenges, but no. We will have tribulations, but know that God is with you. This is going deep with God. The understanding that he is with you and will deliver you out of any fire or tribulation that you're, you're going through. All right? Going deep with God is it's not merely a matter of head study, saints. It's not a matter of, of head study. Okay? It is a matter of not being crushed under a load because he carries it for you at your side. And what does he carry? What does Jesus carry? You know? Well, one thing that he carries is sins. Jesus carried our sins. Hebrews 9, 8, 9, 28, sorry. Hebrews 9, uh, verse 28 says, Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many. He bore our sins so that you can have eternal life. Amen. You don't have to go carrying those sins. All right. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 2. Oh, our Lord is an awesome God. 1 Peter 2. 3, and here's 2. 1 Peter 2, and let's just go to verse number 21. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. By whose stripes you were healed. Amen. So he took he took the sins of all of us on himself when he was on that tree, when he was on the cross. And by the stripes, those were every single one of those lashes that he took upon him. You know, it, it provided healing for us. So that means we don't even have to carry the burden of sickness. When we're sick, we should, we should automatically, you know, run to the throne and in the name of Jesus, I bind you up, spirit of infirmity, because with Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen? Because with Jesus' stripes, I am healed. But you see, believing this is crucial. Again, is here, here, this is that going deep with God. It's going behind the head knowledge. We can intellectually quote back these scriptures. We can memorize them, you know. I rebuke your spirit of fear, etc. When we're going through, through various challenges in life, tribulations in life, we can memorize those things. But the critical thing here in going deep with God is the believing piece. Do you believe that God is there? Do you believe that God can get you out of that situation? Do you believe that this is a burden that God does not want you to carry? Amen. It, it, it's crucial for life now, today, that we believe this and know this. 
Guilt feelings do not have the last word in your life. That's another area that God wants to take away from us. Guilt feelings. Okay? Guilt does not have to have the last word in your life. Guilt does not have to be part of your life story. So what is your life story? Amen. Amen. How many times have you been, I mean, gee, you can be in the quiet of your room doing something or, or about to go to sleep and it's, boy, oh boy, I mean, and then out of the blue, out of the blue, all of a sudden a thought pops back to mind, something that transpired in your life five years ago, 10 years ago, even 25 years ago, depending on how old you are. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But that thought will pop, will pop back up in, in, in crystal clarity, in technicolor, you know, vivid in 3D even, something that you were involved in or something that you did, that you, you have hence, you have, you have since, since then repented. To God and God has wiped you clean of it. God has taken the sin from you, you know. But you repent. But but yes, so the devil brings that thought back with crystal clarity, and then all of a sudden, that's when the guilt starts sifting back in. Amen. Amen. You're not built that way. You're not built to carry that that guilt. This is not a burden that you should be having on your shoulders. God took it from you. Let him have it. Let him keep it. He is built to carry burdens. Amen. Jesus um, sin bearing work, you know, it takes the burden off you and secures for you never ending compensation for every so-called loss in this life. Every single loss that you have taken in life, what Jesus, the work that Jesus did is brings compensation to you for every so-called loss. Okay, and having this confidence, it's the foundation of deeply knowing God. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it, saints of God. Amen? Amen? You're not built to carry burdens. So again, I say to you, what is your life story? Amen? What is your life story? God promises to carry our burden of anxieties. You know, in 1 Peter uh, 5, verses 5 to 8, it says, Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. You know, as a matter of fact, even though we've been there before, let's, let's go there again. 1 Peter chapter 5. And if you don't have these scriptures underlined in your Bible, please do so, because these should be scriptures or one of the many scriptures you should have underlined so that as you're reading through scriptures, um, these things pop up and jump up off the page to you as reminders. Amen. One Peter, first book of Peter, chapter five, starting with verse number five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud. And gives grace to the humble. There's another thing that creeps into our life stories. Do we get puffed up in pride sometimes? Amen. 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 Because you are a child of God. Because maybe God has gift, gifted you with some special spiritual gifts. You know. Do you, do you get puffed up in pride? This is a place that we do not want to go. Pride. Amen. We know that's what got that's what got Lucifer cast out of uh, heaven was that pride. God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Underline in due time. Everything is in His time, as was the subject of the sermon we had before. Everything is in God's time. God will exalt you. He will lift you up in His time. Amen. So don't worry about it. Don't carry the burden. Verse number seven, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. Amen. So verse number seven, casting all your care upon him, because God cares for you, knowing that. You don't have to carry it. Just take it. Put your hands, put your, head, your hands at shoulder uh, height. 
grab, put your two palms at your shoulders, and then take that burden that you're carrying right now and literally just cast your hands, your hands in the air. Take that burden right now and throw it onto God. Say, here, Lord, take this burden. I'm casting it onto you because I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it, okay? And then it says in verse 8, to be sober and be vigilant. So watch out now. Be on the watch out because your adversary, that old devil, goes as a roaring mind walking about seeking whom he may devour, okay? See? Now, and, and why does a, roar, a lion roar, you know? A, a lion roars to, to intimidate, to scare you. When a lion is really, and I'm sure you've seen these national graphic videos and things like that. Not, not many of us have been on safari in Africa any place to actually see a lion when he's hunting. All right, But you've seen in those films that when a lion is actually hunting, he doesn't roar. Okay, He's very stealthy. He creeps up. He creeps up. He uses the roar to indicate that this is my territory in some case that you're in. And he uses that roar to intimidate. All right. But this is what that devil tries to do. He walks around as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So if that devil can roar at you when you're in the midst of your, of your fire, of, of, of your turmoil, of, of your event, of your tribulation, of your challenge. If he can roar at you through his roaring, what he does, he tries to intimidate you to make you think that you're going to fail. That this tribulation, this challenge that is upon you right now is going to be greater than you and that you indeed shall, shall crumble. All right? And if he succeeds in making you crumble, then guess what? That part of the scripture in verse 8 that says, seeking whom he may devour. All right? So if he can intimidate you enough, then he indeed does devour you. Because then you just fall into, into, into a rut where you're in a state of worry. You're in a state of panic. You're in a state of anxiety. Okay, I've heard talk of cortisol levels in this day, that, day and age that we live in. All right, your cortisol levels start rising up upon you. Amen, amen. Adrenaline's pumping, adrenaline's flowing. This is you being devoured. Okay, and then it says, verse number nine, verse number nine resist steadfast in the faith. In, in the faith. Okay, we, ha we have to resist in the faith. Amen. But how can you resist in that faith if you don't know that God is who he says he is and that he will do what it is that he said he's going to do? All right. Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So there's other Christians that are in the world that go through similar things. All right. Verse 10, the God of, of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered... After you have suffered a while, shall make you perfect, shall establish or shall establish you, shall strengthen and shall settle you. Okay? So this thing may just be for a season, but God will indeed bring you through. It says, after that you have suffered a while, shall make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Then be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Again, so just knowing simply here that this thing that you're going through, God knows what you're going through, and he's not going to permit you to just go through this thing and, and not come out of it. You may go through some challenges. You may go through some changes. But it says that he shall make you perfect, shall establish and strengthen you, and shall settle you. All right? This, again, is going deep with God. Right. But how many of us live our lives like that? How many of us are, 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 are easy to just um, settle back and know that that devil is out there. He's roaring right now and he's trying to devour me. But I'm not going to fall for that ploy. I'm going to stand strong in God knowing that he's there and that God will indeed bring me through. Do you do this when you find yourself in a tribulation, in a challenge? Do you do this? What is your life story? What is your life story? Amen. Amen. The illustration of just casting something, you know, is something that uh, uh, is found other places in Scripture. Luke nineteen thirty-five is, is another one, you know. But uh, um, it, 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 it helps you to imagine what it's like to just simply cast your cares on God. What types of worries does God want us to take off our backs and carry for us? Every single kind. Amen. What kind of worries does He want to take for us? Every single kind. You know, for an example, anxieties about lacking what you need. Philippians 4, 4 to 7, release the burden of carrying cares. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, and we want to do verses 10 to 13. Isaiah 55, 
Isaiah 55. And well, let's go up to eight. We read we we read eight last week, I believe it was. But let's start at eight and read through. Uh, verse number eight: For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, for as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Please underline verse number 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Amen. So he's saying that the word of God is saying in verse number 10 where it talks about where the rain, as surely as the rain comes down and the snow comes down from the heavens and so forth, that it waters the earth and gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, eater as firm as that is. Okay, now you know that it rains, you know the snow comes down. I mean, there is no denying that as firm and as sound as, as, as that is, okay, and let me throw gravity in there, as firm and as sound as and as sure as gravity is, you jump off the Empire State Building, all you're going to be is a smash hit down on Broadway. You cannot resist gravity, amen, as sure as that is, verse number 11 is saying, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. The word that goes forth out of God's mouth shall not, which means it cannot return to him void. What God says is going to happen has to happen. All right. It says, but it shall accomplish that which I please. God's word shall, it cannot, it, it cannot return, come back to God void. It will accomplish what he intended it to, to accomplish. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Verse number 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you unto singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Amen. You go out with joy, knowing that you shall go out with joy, and you'll be led forth with peace. Verse number 13. Instead of the thorn, instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. So we need to get rid of the burden of wondering if God's word is going to work in your life. Amen. Amen. If you've been praying to the Lord and you know that God is calling you to do something and you know that God is going to do something for you, is going to bring you to a, a certain place uh, in life and whatnot, then you cannot get hung up in, in wondering if God's word is going to work in your life. If you heard from the Lord and you know that Holy Spirit told you what he told you, and you know that 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 it was God speaking to you in this thing, whatever this thing might be, then don't waste your time, spend your time wondering if God's word is going to come to work in your life. Amen? 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 We go to Second Corinthians 2. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians 12. Oh, glory to God. God's a good God. He's an awesome God. Second Corinthians 12. And we want to start with verse number 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for me. For thee. I'm sorry. Let's read that again. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Underline that, please. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay? For when I am weak, then I am strong. All right. So this is where you find your strength in the fact that God's knowing that God's grace is sufficient. All right. That my strength, my strength as a human being is made perfect in my weakness because all I have to do is fall back on relieving, on believing that, that God's grace is sufficient for me. All right. We need to throw off that burden of weakness. 
When you're feeling weak and you feel like physically, like you literally can't walk to get from one place to another, you know, or you're feeling weak out of anxiety and nervousness because some things are coming against you, you know, this is the time where you may be feeling weak, but know that in your feeling weakness, this is when God's power, God's grace is going to rise up in you. And you shall indeed gain, gain strength to get through what it is that you need to get through. Okay? When it comes down to, uh, to decision making, let's go to, uh, Psalm, uh, where do we want to go here? Psalm 32. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Psalm 32. There we go. Psalm 32. And let's go to verse number 5. Psalm 32, verse number 5. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Underline or highlight all of verse number seven. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee, I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, unless they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you that are upright in heart. All you that are upright in heart. Okay, you see, so here again, now this is again, not worrying about carrying uh, burdens, about decisions. Verse number 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide you with mine eye. Amen, amen. You've got a decision to make about something, something you're praying about, something you're wondering about, something you're worrying about. Okay, then what does it say there? I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. All right, what is your life story? What is your life story? When you get into places where you have to make decisions, when you get into places where there's something heavy weighing on you and you can't decide whether you need to go left or go right to do this or not to do this, and go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Run and bring it to him. He says that he will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. Going deep with God. I say to you, do you believe what you just read? Do you believe that? Amen. And I don't care how trivial it may be. Saints of God, there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made over the last, over the next few weeks and months. There's going to be a lot of decisions. All right? There's going to be a lot of decisions which will hit some more closely than others. There'll be a lot of decisions which will, 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 will challenge us in our thought processes. There are many, there will, will be many decisions that may, uh, have you to question whether or not what God is telling you is right. Even many may even question whether or not the Word of God is telling you what's right. Because believe me, saints of God, there are forces of darkness that are out there that wish to upset the apple cart, who wish to change things, which, who wish to change us in the way that we think as children of God. So many of us in the next few weeks and months as we go forth and go forward, there'll be many decisions coming our way. We need to make sure that we can go deep with God and really consult Him on all fronts. I don't care how trivial or how Unimportant it may seem at the time. Amen. Trust God. Romans 8.31 says that. says, um, what shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? All right. So the burden of worrying about those people that oppose you or those forces that oppose you. Remember that God is indeed for you. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? There is none other greater than God. None greater than God. Amen. I, I, you know, what just flashed into my, my mind here, into my heart, was uh, um, remember David and Goliath, okay? As huge as he was. Right? If you look at, the, look at the story there, the biblical measurements there, he was roughly nine feet tall and so on like that. I mean, he was a big guy, and plus, plus he, was, he was a warrior. He was an established warrior, 
And everybody, everybody was afraid of him. Remember the Jews, they cowered as he came out each day and, and, and threatened them and so forth. But what did David do? If God be for you, who can be against you? He was not afraid of that big giant Goliath. He knew that his God was with him. If God is with you, if God is for you, who can go against you? Amen, amen, amen. There is none greater. What shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? So the burden of worrying about those that oppose you should go out the window when you remember that scripture. Amen, amen. Remember that scripture when things come against you, when those people come against you. You're not built to carry burdens. It is not your life story to carry burdens. God promises to carry our burdens. Psalm 55, 22, you don't have to go there right now, says, Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Well, are you the righteous? He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. The word for burden here is, is lot or position in life. What is your position in life today? Okay. What has your life developed for you? What is your life story? God can carry your burden for you. Life's burdens are not meant to crush you. Burdens are meant to test your trust in God, to carry it for you. Amen. Let's go to Romans, the book of Romans. Go to book of book of Romans 12, Romans chapter 12. Oh, glory to God. What is your life story? What is your story all about? Are you carrying burdens? Romans 12, verse number 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto, unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, and if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt reap whole coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evils with good. Overcome evil with good. Sometimes in life, you will be treated unjustly. Okay? You just, it's, it's just a matter of fact. Sometimes in life, we all are treated unjustly. But the question is, though, how will you not be embittered by it? Okay? How will you not allow yourself to become embittered? All right? I know it's very easy for someone to say that, you know, oh, if someone is doing something wrong with wrong to you, to just, you know, feed him, give him drink if he's thirsty and so on like that. It's easy to say. But how many can actually do that? Okay. By letting God carry the burden of your cause and letting him settle accounts, that's how we have to do it. By just simply saying, as hard as it may be, okay, Lord God, I give, I give if it's a person, you know, I give John Jones to you. I give it to you. You know, or I give that guy, you know, um, you know, down at the bank who's trying to, uh, uh, I don't know, close my account unjustly or when I give it to you. All right. Someone on your block, God forbid, it's your next door neighbor. That is really you and he or she have become really bitter towards one another. God forbid. But but give that person to God. Give that person to God. God says in that scripture, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Leave it to God. Be prepared at some points in life to be treated unjustly, whether it's someone breaking in front of you in line or bearing false witness against you. All right, We have to be strong enough and bold enough, going deep with God, to be able to say at some point, okay, Lord God, I give that person to you. You see, because if you don't, what happens here? That person follows you home in your mind's eye. That situation follows you to bed at night. That situation dwells in the foremost part of your mind and your brain and you can't stop thinking about it. All right? And as you do that, what's happening slowly but surely? It's becoming a burden. All right? It's becoming a burden. Now all of a sudden you are carrying that burden. But don't forget, as I study it, as I started out, you're not built to carry burdens. Remember that. You're not built to carry burdens. Remember that, that a, a, a gorilla. Over 4,000 pounds he can carry. You're not built that way. Well, God did not build you that way either to carry burdens. Not when he sent his son, not when he structured everything in this life that we call uh, 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 being a Christian, following Jesus, a follower of Christ. You're not built that way. So, so let God deal with that person. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he shall repay. 
God pledges to carry you all of your life. Isaiah 46, uh, 3-4 three says, Hearken to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age. I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and will bear. I will carry and will save. Amen. That's the beautiful scripture. The beautiful scripture is Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. Right? Jesus says, even to your old age, I am he. I am the one. And to gray hairs in your life, I will carry you. God is saying here, he's pledging that he's going to carry you all of your life. You know, I always, when I read that scripture, I always think about that, that poster on the footprints, I believe is the name of it. That shows the, the guy walking in the footprints in the sand, you know, and to paraphrase, basically he's saying that, you know, all along through life I saw two sets of footprints, Jesus of you walking by me, but then all of a sudden I saw one set of footprints, you know, I'm really roughly paraphrasing here. Then he says, at those times when you see one foot, set of footprints, it's because I was carrying you. Amen. I was carrying you. Amen. So God is always carrying us, and he's pledging here, to the time of gray hair, God will carry us. He will bear. He will carry us, and he will save us. Amen. Exodus 19 says, verse 4 to 6 says, God will carry you on wings of eagles. Psalm 18.31 says, God is your rock, and he upholds you. You're not built to carry burdens. Okay, so I say to you, what is your life story? What has your life story been like? Amen. Amen. If you've been so accustomed to carrying these burdens, now is the time. Today. What's today's date? May 17th. Today. Make it a point of marking this day down on the, and noting that this is the time that God is setting you free and that he's going to take those burdens from you. He wants to carry your burdens. If you have anything that you're carrying with you right now, Think about it and simply say, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just say, repeat it with me. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I take this burden of, and you put in the name of that burden. I take this burden of, and I give it to you, Lord God. I give it to you because I no longer wish to carry it in the name of Jesus. Take this burden, Heavenly Father, so that I may be light and rejoice and celebrate your goodness, O Lord. Take this burden right now, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Now, if you actually did that and cast a burden, or maybe a burden or two, onto the Lord, or even if there's a burden that you didn't think about right now while you were repeating after me, after this sermon is over, go into your prayer closet, go into your room, and go through your list of burdens, if you have a list of them, and cast those burdens upon God, and vow never to carry them again. Burdens will recur in our lives because this is who we are and this is how, is how life is as long as we are here on this planet. So the time comes where the Lord calls us home and we're with him. But Jesus said, when you have tribulations, he didn't say if, he said when. So that means that we shall indeed, other things shall present opportunities in our lives to become burdens only if we let it become a burden. Okay? Alright? So I submit to you today, Vow to yourself and vow to God never again to carry those burdens any length of time. Give them to him. Okay. So again, you know, Jesus said, come to him all who, who labor and are heavy laden and, and find rest for your soul. Go deep with God. Go deep with him. Okay. Go deep with God and know him better by venturing more and more on his promise that he will carry you in all of your concerns. Amen. So again, I say to you at the close of this message, what is your life story? Amen. What is your life story? Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now as we end, let us prepare to close with prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name. Oh, Lord, we Thank you so much for this time that we've had to spend with you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here and the presence of your Holy Spirit here in our midst. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because we know that you said it with two or more gathered in your name, that you are right there in the midst. So, Lord Jesus, we know that you are here with us. We thank you so much for these words today, O oh Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us in your own special way, O oh Lord.
We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as we close down this service, O oh Lord God, and as we go our separate ways and into the balance of the day and the week that would be ahead of us, O oh Lord God, we pray that we shall retain these words. Let these words that we've heard today, O oh Lord God, be as seeds that get buried deeply into the soil of our spirits so that those seeds cannot be stolen away when the evil one tries to rise against us, O oh Lord. We pray, O oh Lord God, that as the words, as the seeds of your word get buried deeply into our spirits, O oh Lord God, that, that, that they, they shall be watered, O oh Lord God, by Holy Spirit. Let the water of your Holy Spirit water those seeds and let the light of Christ Jesus shine upon those seeds so that those seeds of your word may grow and blossom in our lives to bring forth much fruit, to bring forth much glorious fruit for your honor and your glory and your praise, O oh Lord. This we pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God. This we pray, O oh Lord God, that we may be mighty vessels worthy unto you to serve you and that the light of Christ Jesus indeed shall in turn shine in us for others to see, O oh Lord God, so that your word may be spread they shall be touched by you in your own special way. Oh, yes, Lord God, we praise you. We magnify thy name. We glorify thy name. We thank you for all things in the name of Jesus. I pray that you all go this day and be blessed, knowing that the joy of the Lord is indeed your strength, and that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Go forth this day and be blessed and prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen.